Hi guys and welcome to the Botaipa podcast. So um, I know you guys have been waiting quite a while for another episode. So for keeping you guys waiting and the production team was quite busy on some stuff. So we are back. We are back big, better and stronger. Today is going to be a monologue, a very interesting monologue on a particular trending issue here in Ghana. And I think might have um, characteristics linked with other countries in Africa, if not the rest of the world. But before we move on to what we're going to discuss today, why we're going to discuss it and why it's important to discuss it, we want to give a very big shout out to Miss Eunice Ajanin Boateng. Miss Eunice has sponsored this particular podcast very much and um, we want to appreciate her efforts and tell her that may God bless her in all her endeavors and you know we, we always pray for continued support and assistance from her office and her direction. So yes, speaking about Miss Eunice's sponsorship and um supports for the channel the channel is growing steadily and we can't we could not have done it sorry without your candid support and your uh, feedback so we want to appreciate each and every person who has been listening from day one we started this on the 2nd of june 2020 and today it's, it's been some months i mean june july august september four months four solid months and we're entering our fifth month of episodes and we are so much grateful for the support that you guys have given to us over this period. And we promise not to relent on our efforts to give you quality content on this particular channel. So yes, today's episode is a political discussion episode. And today we're going to talk about elections 2020. Yes. So since 1992, Ghana has been voting um, in the parliamentary and presidential elections to elect leaders, the president and members of parliament for various constituencies here in Ghana. We've had various distinctive characteristics that have accompanied all seven elections. And today we're going to have an in-depth analysis on those elections, the processes leading to the election, elections itself, and how the diversities and how so, sort of the anomalies within the current system would you know, bring up a problem. There's a tendency for a problem and you know the political parties are really talking amongst themselves we we had the ndc during the week hold a press conference discussing the anomalies within the um the voters register and how they will not accept flawed elections i mean the commencement of such conversations for us as a production team is very troublesome not only for us as a production team but also for the country we don't think that it's healthy for us to go into an election with assumption of not you know accepting you know it has it has its trickle down effect on on other things and we don't think that that is very healthy for us as a people here so let me take you through the step-by-step analysis or discussions that we're going to have here on today's topic but before that today's topic is election 2020 the voter register and various anomalies and we're going to on the second part of today's discussion we're going to discuss the independence of state agencies you know that very vital state agencies by constitution are appointed yes their leaders are appointed or the the um the top hierarchy appointed by governments so today in the second part of the conversation we're going to discuss the independence of these states so for example the um the judiciary service the parliament the, the parliament of ghana the igp the electoral commissioner and other vital state agencies that are supposed to be neutral and we're going to discuss how 
they are really dependent on government and how government has a tendency to influence their decisions and all those things right here on the show so don't go anywhere make sure that you do you you you, you like um this you re-up and you add it to your playlist so that i mean even if you don't get to listen to all 30 minutes of the episode you can as well continue some other time so yes let me take you through the processes that we're going to do today. So firstly, we're going to have a discussion and in-depth analysis on past elections from 1992 to 2016, the electoral processes that has happened and how it was marked by and the sort of, you know, circumstances that surrounded it and what happened. We're going to talk about the processes that lead to elections. What, where do we start from and where do we end? We're going to give you a fair idea. I mean, this podcast has done its best to be relatable to the ordinary and average listener so much so that you wouldn't have to be you know um wanting more explanations to issues when you listen to our podcast we want to be very relatable and make sure that you get the you know best form of analysis here too much talking now we're going to talk about the current state of the electoral system i.e in 2020 you know that prior to the 2020 um electoral business there was a conversation that the electoral commission started in 2019 about the need for a new voters register we had a lot of coalitions rising up against the idea and you know the major the leading opposition party that's the ndc alongside other minor political opposition parties rose up against this particular um idea and they formed a coalition we're going to have uh, i think they're discussing on, on what they did and actually how it didn't even go as they wanted then we're going to have a discussion also about the posture of ruling political parties if you would notice every ruling party seems to be comfortable with the actions of the electoral commission at a point in time so for example i very i i, I can only relate to uh, st- uh processes that I was i was i was very much um around when it was happening so let's talk about uh, the 2016 election you know the 2016 election the let my vote count coalition the pro mpp um, organization who wanted um, a, a total overhauling of the register went out on campaigns against using the register and all those things and the ndc was backing the the electoral commission saying that 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 um, particular organization should allow the ec do its work and a sort of pusher that the ndc had around that time um, presented the narrative that oh they were comfortable with what the EC was doing. Here in 2020, the, the, the situation is still the same. Um, the opposition and NDC is so much agitated by the the actions of the EC, but the MPP seems to be comfortable. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm the one that is um, drawing that conclusion, but that seems to be what's happening throughout our Ghanaian dispensation respects to elections and yes i think that's basically what is going to be the conversation for today and then we will end with the dependence or the assumed dependence or questioning the independence of governmental agencies that are supposed to be neutral in their dealings all right so let's start so ghana um since 1992 has had seven successful elections in fact ghana is one of the few countries in africa that has um, that have had seven successful peaceful elections since 1992 and it is not a simple achievement to have considering the demography africa and how 
you know, neighboring countries and most countries in Africa have been mad, um, their political process have been mad with a lot of conflicts and wars. So we think that this achievement has been is something that we need to protect at all costs as a country. So anything that seeks to disturb the progress of our electoral pro pro progress or process, sorry, should be you know spoken against or we should, we should we should as a citizen we fight against it and this podcast is not a political a, a political let me say identified podcast which that's to say that we do not really identify with any political party so we are not backing any political party's case for anything to be done all we are saying is that we are just analyzing the situation as it is and we are not even going to cast judgment calls at best what we are doing is discussing the issues, just making you aware of what's happening so that you can make a decision come um, election 2020. You can even start join our conversations so that the process can be made better. And that's what we think that as a group we need to do. Good. So, yes, the main issues that have surrounded our elections, I've, I've told you about how we've had seven successful elections. That's not to say that we've not had minor wranglings and minor issues with our, with our electioning process. I mean, that would be a big lie. We've had minor you know infractions as it were and um, with riots clear case is the chiponi case that happened and i think one of the major major problems we've had with our electoral process is the 2012 election petition case that sprang across eight months in court so yes i think that although we've had successful elections we've also had some problems as a country but the problems does not mean that we should not celebrate the successes that we have chucked as a people so over this seven elections we've had two major political parties you know um see sharing the past so in 1992 the ndc won in 1996 the ndc won in 2000 the mpp won in 2004 the mpp won again in 2008 the ndc won in 20 sorry 2012 the mp ndc won again and in 2016 the NDC won. Sorry, the MPP won. So clearly, the MPP and NDC are, have been sharing the political support with respect to presidency. And and, and one one iconic thing about our our system of governments is that I don't know there has not been any time where our parliamentary system has had what we call uh, an opposing um, 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 side being the ma majority in parliament. So what I mean is that if the MPP wins, say the presidential election always the mpp is a ruling like sorry the majority in parliament so majority is by number so the number of seats you have determines whether you are majority or minority so since the year 1992 we've not had anything like that which means that most of our elections have been you know there's a direct link from parliamentary seat to presidency so if you're a political party that you want you are serious about winning presidential power you need to have parliamentary candidates that are very strong and can win you the seats skirt and blouse exist but mostly exist on 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 minor scales when i mean skirt what what i mean by skirt and blouses where for example in say um or the radio constituency the ndc wins the constituency as in parliamentary candidate the ndc parliamentary candidates wins the constituency but the um the mpp presidential candidate also wins from the constituency so after the result is is, is mentioned the ndc parliamentary candidate wins the, the parliamentary seats but the presidential winning goes to the mpp so that's what i mean by skirting blouse that has not happened clearly in our elections and, and we can we can we can say that it has shown that if you want to win the presidential elections you have to do well with the parliamentary elections so 
before anyone can be on the ballot to win or to run or to contest for any particular position with respect to parliamentary versus the presidential elections you must have gone through an electoral process firstly the political parties need to have done what they call primaries so the primaries are start um, as it's an electoral process that is held at every constituency to elect parliamentary candidates so the mpp the ndc the pnc and all those political parties have to do that to elect parliamentary candidates that would be um, contesting for the constituency on the seat of the political party. When that is done, we have regional, uh, we have the national, sorry, the national flag bearer, how do you call it? Um, I think delegate conference. We have delegate conferences or electoral, electoral procedures to elect flag bearers. So when the flag bearership position is elected, then we can say that that political party is will be running for a particular uh, year. Okay, so currently we have, um, I think the MPP has the flag bearer, the NDC has the flag bearer, the NDP has a flag bearer, the PPP has a flag bearer, the PNC, no, the PNC doesn't have a flag bearer, the APC has a flag bearer, and we have um, some independent candidates, and we also have um, Trabosom running uh, on the tickets of the Ghana Union movement. So, I mean, we have quite um, a multi party system and system within our, our, our state. Now, every four years or or every electoral process or every time we are entering an election year there seems to be conversations around our electoral register that is so primarily because within the four-year tenure there are individuals who turn 18 and must not be disenfranchised which means that there should be an electoral process that sort of opens the room for people to be registered to partake in the general elections but the approach to that registration mostly has been a problem. So in 2016, the conversation was that we are only going to do limited registration. That meant that we are only going to allow people who turned 18 within the particular year to register and vote in the 2016 election. But civil society organizations and other political, pro-political organizations like the Let My Vote Count, the conversation that we, they were having was that no, Open the system again. Let us have a total new register. Clean the system. Clean the mess. Because there are people who have traveled outside the country. There are people who have died. Uh, unfortunately, there are people who really, because of one situation or the other, cannot vote. So you, you really cannot have a register. But the response to that mostly is that, honestly, you cannot have a clean register because there's always a process that makes the register bloated. But the response to that again would be that yes, as working with that assumption, we need to make sure that we mitigate the level or the degree of bloating. So yes, there are, there are processes or there are situations that can make it bloated, but let's reduce the number of bloating. Now, the reason why we're having this conversation on the processes that lead to registration is that it seems to always have an effect on the result of the elections. And you clearly, you will clearly know that if the process leading to the election it's not seen to be fair, it's not seen to be credible, it's not seen to be appreciated by the vast majority of Ghanaians. The tendency of us having wranglings, problems, uproars, unrest within the country is high. So, that is, and that is why as a production house or as a podcast, we are very much interested in the process, electoral process this year, looking at how this year presents a very unique opportunity for Ghanaians to you know, set their records right and, as it were, make history because this is the first time we have a president a, a presidential candidate who has already been a president contesting for an election over our seven year 
or seven time elections we've not had anything like that so it's very peculiar we want to see if they've all had four years to rule the states they all have their track records this is a very unique opportunity for Ghanaians to you know assess them and vote one out and the other in so yes the electoral processes need to be clear if the electoral processes are not clear then the election results can be questioned so yes there's a group of people in ghana currently that are so much they are not ndc necessarily but they are so much in tandem with what the ndc is saying that if the electoral processes are flawed then they are not going to accept any flawed elections and objectively i don't i don't see how anyone does not accept that as something that is right because come on if you hide behind closed doors and do abc stuff that are that are ordinarily supposed to be open to the general public it brings questions to the electoral process i don't think that as a people is right for us to do so now i'll i'll, I'll do well to give a couple of mentions to the electoral processes um primarily based on ghana so yes Sorry, the 2020, 2020 elections. So, yeah, um, yes, 2020. Let's discuss the 2020 elections. So, the 2020 elections has been marred by the COVID-19. I mean, the COVID-19 has greatly affected the timelines for activities of the Electoral Commission. And we think that that is something that every Ghanaian needs to accept. Personally, as at May, I was questioning the the feasibility of election 2020, looking at the COVID numbers, looking at how the timelines and how the constitution is has does not give has not given us room for situations like this you get it and how they, there's there's going to be a precedent setting a lot of factors were were in my head and i was like wow can we really have elections 2020 but some way somehow the president thinks that come what may 7th december we need to vote as Ghanaians and we need to elect the next president he's not going to extend his stay by one day unconstitutionally so that's why we're having this now the 2020 election started with the registration exercises, the conversations on new registration exercises. And we had this group, uh, the Interparty Resistance Against the New Voters Register, that was mainly formed by the leading opposition party, the NDC, and other minor political parties who were kicking against a totally new register. Most of their conversations were on timelines, uh, on money, and on feasibility within the period. And I think they sent the case to court, and the court of competent adjudicature ruled against them and allowed the EC to go on. Now, there there were a lot of political, as it were, gimmicks within the registration process. A lot of people are saying that, yes, it was because of the COVID-19, and so the state had to put in measures to ensure people's safety. But others also are of the view that these these are, are, are clear examples of state might and how the state is abusing its power to oppress citizens. Clear case of how Banda, a community in the Volta region, had heavy presence of military personnel because of the assumption that people were going to be buzzed into Banda, people were going to move from Togo to Banda to register and vote in the elections. So our borders by land and sea were closed and even air was closed so nobody within the registration process was allowed there were heavy military persons in most of opposition strongholds and someone listened to this but they're like oh kojo is being political here i mean i'm telling you the cases as it's way there were heavy political the heavy military presence on the borders alongside the volta region and ot regions Be, i mean anyone in ghana knows that the volta region 
is a struggle of the NDC. And if you have heavy presence of military along that area, working with the assumption that, oh, we don't want anybody to come into the country because of the president's pronouncing of the lockdown and all those things, hadn't we heard that? Yes, that can be true. But, I mean, there are, there are people who also look through the lens of, I mean, like, what actually is behind the conversations. You know, one, one of my friends told me that if you're listening to someone and the person is speaking to you on a particular topic, listen, listen to him. But focus on what the person is not saying. And focusing on what the government is not saying, there can be a trickle down or, you know, a byproduct of trying to, as it were, prevent people from registering. People have raised that objections a lot of times during the registration, but it's over. And, yes, right now we are doing the exhibition process. Now, so I've talked about the border closure as a, one of the happenings within the registration process. Secondly, or thirdly, sorry, thirdly, where people were stopped from registering at places. So for example, in certain areas, people were made to provide identification cards. We saw videos of, of immigration officers stopping buses and, and asking people to give us their ID cards. Come on, borders are closed. People are moving from point A to B. How can they be carrying? The average Ghanaian does not have the culture of carrying ID cards around. And so it was quite difficult for people to identify themselves as Ghanaians and all that. We had buses being turned away, but that's not even the conversation for today. But we are just highlighting that as a characteristic of what has happened or what's happening within the electoral process as it were today. Now, we are the current state we are in as a country or leading to the election 2020 as the exhibition exercise now the major opposition party that's the ndc claim that they have been highly affected by what they call heavy anomalies in the voter registration exercise so for example in ashaman even the member of parliament the certain member of parliament the preliminary candidate on the ticket of the ndc did not find his name initially on the registration or the um, electoral register which meant that his name was removed until he petitioned before his name was you know restored so i mean that clearly was an anomaly but we've had a response from the ec coming to say that well the reason why they even do exhibition exercises in the first place is that they need to correct anomalies now as an individual listening to Dr. Srebo, who is the Director of Electoral Services at the Electoral Commission, say this, in my head I'm like, wow, why do you commit errors and defend the errors by like, exhibition processes? Why do we even have the register in the face? Why don't we just have exhibition exercises of the old register and people come and see if their names are in the register or not? I mean, we need to be serious as a country, honestly. If close to 21,000 names have been seen to have been removed. Even the, the reason why I'm very careful with this particular episode is that people can easily say, oh, Kojo is NDC and Kojo is making this conversation only about the NDC. But the, other, the flip side of the conversation is about how the MPP is not also agitated. Yesterday, I was watching, I think, news file, and Samson said, and it's not even about a piece of authority as in Samson said, it's, that is the situation. The MPP does not seem agitated by the, 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 the actions of the, MP, um, the EC. And that's the problem that I have as an objective Ghanaian. Like, what's really happening 
between the EC and the MVP? Is there something wrong? Is there something we don't see? But that's not only the problem of the MVP. I've earlier on indicated that that seems to be a problem of the ruling party versus electoral commission. That is why in, our, in the second part of today's conversation, I'm going to sort of share my ideas or thoughts on the actual independence and what I think should be done on some major governmental agencies. Good. Let me take a water break. I'll be right back. Thank you. So yes, we'll be talking about elections in Ghana. We've been talking about some history, that's some small history about some electoral um, years in Ghana. And I think I've also touched on the current electoral processes and what's leading to election 2020 and how some political parties are very much agitated by the processes and how the NDC has openly said by Mahama his assassination during Mohammed, former president, has said that he would not accept the results of a flawed electoral process. Honestly, I think that that's a very you know, fair comment from an, a, a political agent. Good. Now, the next thing we're going to discuss is the anomalies that's happening within the electoral commission's register. Now, the reason why that conversation is peculiar more to the NDC and why I was complaining about someone easily saying I'm NDC is that the running mate of the NDC, that is Professor Nana Jinopokwajiman, had his ID number duplicated. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that somebody is more human than the other, but if you're going to make an error, don't make a political, don't make an error on a political agent. Like, it must the whole process. It makes you look very much like unprepared, very much unresourced, and. And, 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 and I mean, talking about resources, the EC has a lot of resources. They had their budget totally approved by the parliament, which means that they have a lot of money that they need to run these services. And come on. Some of these errors must not even happen in the first place. One clear thing they are not doing is that during the registration, they took a biometric, um, how do you call it, details. They took our face and they said they have they have this inbuilt facial recognition. But when you go for the exhibition exercise, nobody verifies verifies you facially. So the question I'm having is why do you even take facial verification if it's not needed as such? I mean, there there are clear concerns from objective Ghanaians as to the electoral process currently within the states. And the push of the EC honestly does not help the case because their response to issues mostly are not real time and um, you get the ec yesterday from news file uh, dr shubo was saying that well and um, he has to get the figures and we have to collate the figures and all that but come on we registered some months ago you're doing a re- exhibition exercise you must have had to collate numbers and have provided a, a provisional register which means you have a fair idea of about the numbers who registered and all that Honestly, for my honest opinion and the honest opinion of this podcast, we don't think that the NEC, we are not saying that the EC is being biased, but we don't think the pusher, the current pusher and approach to issues of the EC is something that makes people trust in, in, in the EC. Because honestly, as a floating voter that's going to vote in the 2020 elections, I already know who I'm going to vote for. I mean, there are people who already know who they are going to vote for. There are people who don't know 
what they are going to vote for. But more importantly, on, on, on the floating voters, people like myself who may be aware of who they are going to vote for or are still deciding on who they would vote for, the actions of the EC may influence whether they even go to the ballot or not. I mean, people can just say that, well, because of ABC, they don't think that there's even relevance for me to go and like join a queue just to be a part of a process that wasn't fair and free. Most of the time, when people are discussing issues of political basis, it's, it's very fast for others to assume political coloration and tag them with political parties. But come on. If we need to discuss the issues regardless now so my suggestion to the ec honestly my candid opinion is that the ec must very much look at the ec the voters register bring all parties to the table you hear the ndc very much complaining about how ipac has been sidelined and if ipac has been sidelined and assuming that that argument is true because we've not had a response from the ec and barring or barring any um, superior engagement from the EC, it has not come today as at the time of recording, so we can make an, a, 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 a conclusion on the subject matter that barring any response, we don't think that the EC has been fair in in their in their actions towards these elections because IPAC, the Interparty Advisory Commission or sorry Committee on Elections, consists of all political parties, their representatives. And that's a platform for discussing issues with regards to political interest, which means that it has, a, it's, it's a place where we can make credible and you know, fast decisions, where every party's um, interest would be would be taken into account. So if there's something like that and the EC is not using it, I mean, we don't think it's fair. I mean, Charlie, guys, we honestly don't think it's fair from our end. Now, let's discuss two things, and we end this podcast briefly so probably sponsoring this podcast is japs collections japs collections is a one-stop shop for all your beauty needs from hair to toe you can get amazing services amazing products from japs collections make sure that you contact japs collections today for all your beauty and appearance needs now let's talk about two things the next two things when we are done with this episode so the next thing we're going to talk about is the push of political parties, ruling political parties, ruling political parties. Guys, the reason why I'm repeating this is because I've clearly showed that in 2016, the reason why I'm using 2016 and 2020 is that these are elections that are more relatable and they are more, you know, um, recent. So we can really uh, relate to them more. So let's my vote count in 2020, sorry, 2016 had were brutalized by by state agent the, the state security i mean people someone lost the eye and went on to lose their life and the other people were brutally beaten with scars and all that and i mean there were conversation on how political freedom was even abused and state might was and sh- uh, abused and all that in 2020, the activities of the EC, the then EC, led by Mr. Chalachose, was fine. And, you know, we had the, the Mahama coming out saying that, oh, allow the EC to do its work, the EC is mandated to do its work and all that, assuming they pushed out that they are comfortable with the activities of the EC. Now, that particular EC read the results that meant that they were out of power, right? Mm. 
the MPP is currently officially has not released any statement, unlike other political parties. And if you let my vote count, the MPP has not, as a party, released any statement condemning, speaking, or engaging the issues about the current voter exhibition exercise and the omissions. I mean, the sort of mistakes there is in the northern region. They are they are voting um, centers that have zero registered numbers. I mean, people registered there, but there are zero. There's no name in the register. Come on, guys, really. Seven years of successful elections and mistakes really must not happen. So clearly, the in so so that means that as as a state, the EC is mostly in tandem with what the ruling party is saying, and that begs into question the independence of major state corporations the independence of major state corporations so for example when agencies of the states their leaders are appointed by presidents that are political in nature it brings into question the sort of independence of those states because every political appointment there's what we call a subtle political approach in governing the political agency so in simple if for example um organizations a is a governmental agency and the president appoints a ceo say Koju, as head of organization a ordinarily the assumption is that kojo must make decisions distinct or uniquely or can make auto, um, semi-autonomous decisions so it's, it becomes an autonomous entity as it were now currently or subtly or behind the scenes because it's a political agency or it's a political appointment sorry it's quite difficult for these ceos these leaders to be making autonomous decisions because then they will have to make sure that their decisions is in the interest of the ruling party and again it brings into question the independence of state agencies we're going to do a full episode on the independence of state agencies but this has been a monologue with me, Kojo Pinko. If you like my monologue, let me know in the comment section. If you don't like the monologue, if you want us to just be doing the interviews, make sure to let me know. If there's something I need to know or I need to do better, make sure that you let me know. But in case you skipped, skipped, skipped and you're here, this is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the history of Ghana elections, seven years on, sorry, seven successful elections on, how the NDC and MPP have been, you know, controlling the helm of presidential affairs and how the processes leading to 2020 election has been marred with a lot of controversies and how if the process is not as clear and engaging as possible it will be difficult for political agents to accept that particular result as fair and free devoid of partisan affiliation and we ended um with the posture of um, leading or ruling political parties versus opposition parties and we finally ended on the independence of political parties my name is kojo pinkra if you are not interested in a monologue let me know if we should do more monologues let me know and keep on listening to botaipa you can get our podcast on all social media networks on instagram it's at Rob botaipa consult on twitter it's at unravel with kp and also matters with kp 
and on facebook is Botaipa podcast we host this podcast on audiomark.com forward slash Botaipa. oh sorry fake media forward slash fake media make sure to listen to us and be a part of this all amazing experience my name again is samuel Pinker. thank you very much for doing the listening <laughs>